Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. We're at it again, another weekend, another podcast to look forward to. And this weekend, yours truly is headed up to Kelly Park up in San Jose. So we'll be at uh, Mark Merrill's Open House. After Mark Merrill's Open House, the next morning, we're going to head over to Red Barn Swap Meet and uh, probably buy a bunch of junk I don't need. And then after the Red Barn Swap Meet, be uh, hanging out with my boy Miguel over at his place. And then on Sunday, we'll be at Kelly Park. So I look forward to seeing you guys this weekend that are up there in the San Jose area. Um, if you see me, come by, pick up some merch, support the podcast, and uh, stop by and shoot the breeze, man. We love when uh, listeners stop by and kick it with us. There's just about five more weeks left until Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend kicks off here in Las Vegas with a couple strip cruises on September 24th, Friday night. We do two strip cruises, one at six, one at nine, and then we have a meet and greet at the hotel in the parking lot. A bunch of VWs, a bunch of guys hanging out. It'll be a great time. Saturday morning, there's a car show from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then there's a little break between that from uh, 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. There's a break, 6 o'clock sharp. The, lot, the, the one crazy weekend poker run starts where you get your chance to win a part of $2,000 in cash prizes. So uh, it's a great time had by all. So I look forward to seeing you guys out there. Make sure you guys... Click on letstalkdubs.com. Go to the website. Click on the show link. Book your rooms. Make sure you book your rooms because there's a lot of stuff popping off in Vegas. And I know that some of you guys are getting locked down here and there. Uh, head on over here to Vegas and hopefully we won't be having that same circumstance. So that's just a few weeks away. So make sure you guys book your rooms and come out to Vegas and have a great time with the rest of us. Now, on today's show, I've got Paul Davis. He's a Type 3 guy that's been in the scene in Southern California for quite a while. He's owned over 30 Type 3s. I see him at the swap meet every now and again, and we run across each other. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get you on the podcast just because I like to get everybody's story on the podcast. So this week, we're going to be talking Type 3s with Paul Davis. He's been a staple in the Southern California Type 3 scene. You might remember at Prado. His picture window square back that he debuted here in Prado this last year. So 80s throwback with the uh, narrowed and uh, with the staggered Rivieras. Uh, we hear all about the build on that car, and then we also talk about his other car that's been featured back in 2016. So there's lots of stuff on this podcast. If you're into Type 3, it's a good podcast to listen to. This podcast is brought to you by VW Trends Magazine. Don't forget to go set your subscription up and get your t-shirt for VW Trends Magazine. Go to vwtrendsmagazine.com to get your subscription now. I also wanted to thank those that are supporting the Let's Talk Dubs and the Wagon One Crazy Weekend here in Las Vegas. The sponsors for those are Finley VW here at the Valley Auto Mall, Finley Volkswagen. If you're looking for a new Volkswagen, head on down to Finley Volkswagen and go see the guys down there at Finley, guys and gals, and get yourself a great deal on a brand new Volkswagen. Also, Dan Volks building some engines out of Boulder City, Nevada. Look them up at danvolks.com. Also, Ross Wolf, one of the show sponsors, from the past is sponsoring the Let's Talk Dubs One Crazy Weekend. So go to RossWolf.com and pick up some cool fresh gear. They just came out with some new pulleys. Also, Scott over at Pedalworks. You need some rebuilt pedal assemblies for your car. Go see Scott at Pedalworks.com and uh, get yourself some fresh kicks for your feet in your Volkswagen with some Pedalworks. And also Vic at Lab Built. Vic at Lab Built is one of our sponsors as well. So check Vic out. You can follow him on Instagram at Vic Built. Wanted to get a shot out for today's podcast. VW Dweller gives us a shot foot out of Blackfoot, Idaho. Bill, thanks for the hard work you do to make this podcast a reality. Your selection of guests is amazing. It's awesome to hear their stories and what got them into the VW life. Thanks for spreading VW, the VW knowledge. Keep up the good work. And he's rocking a 64 bus and a 78 Westie. So VW Dweller, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the five-star review. And if you guys want to shout out and get to hear my silky smooth voice, 
spit your five-star review. Man, that's, you know, so self-serving. I can't even believe it. But uh, hey, I like it. it. Makes me feel good. Uh, feel free to go to let go to uh, your Apple podcast and give us a five star review. Leave a review, and I will read it on the podcast. So don't forget to include your name in the text so I can give you a personal shout out, man. Also appreciate those guys for supporting the podcast. We're right about now. It's that time. Let's get into it this week with Paul Davis, Type Three Talk on Let's Talk Dubs. <laughs> Hey everybody, so on today's show, I've got uh, Paul Davis, and Paul's out of Southern California. You'll know him from Instagram, uh, Type3Nut64 type is his handle on Instagram, and uh, he's got a 63 orange squareback, and just recently a Prado, he debuted a 1968 um, Raspberry Ragtop uh, squareback, and I've been running into Paul here and there all the time, and I know he's deep into Type3, so I wanted to get him on the podcast. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I know you're a listener of the podcast, and we've ran into each other a couple times at, at a few different swap meets and whatnot and, and got to chatting. Right. And uh, I like what you did with the square back. And, you know, you've been in the type three game for a little while. You know, as we've been talking, you told me you've had you've had a few type threes, right? Yeah, I've probably had over 30 of them. So you've owned over 30 type threes. <laughs> and, you know, this story starts somewhere. So what's your yeah. VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Well, uh, yeah, so I was like an 18 year old kid, um, BMX, BMX kid. And, uh, um, wanted a bus. I always wanted a bus to put my bike in so I can go to places and, and ride, you know, pull my bike out and ride. Yeah. Um, never ended up getting a bus, but I ended up getting a square back. So the square back back seat flipped down. I could throw the bike in the back. I can roll around and pull up to a spot and get out and pull my bike out. And then, uh, it just kind of took off from there. I just wanted a different different car. I'd tinker on it, sell it, buy something else, buy something earlier, buy something earlier. So, yeah. So you started out wanting, like, <clears throat> growing up. Now, you grew up in Southern California? Oh, yeah. Been here all my life. So growing up in Southern California, I mean, VWs are kind of the thing. And then it, it really started with bugs and all that. was was real popular. But the Type 3 game in the 80s started getting pretty strong when people were trying to go outside the box a little bit and do something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. What, what brought you, what kind of pushed you towards type threes? Well, I mean, first it was, it was just, it was the wagon. I just wanted to, you know, I had some friends that had bugs and stuff and then I wanted a Volkswagen and then, um, but the wagon fit the bill for the, for the bike. And then, uh, you know, I would ride around in the bugs and then ride around on my square back. I'm like, dude, the square back's way cooler. It rides better. It's got more room. This, this, these are cool. Right. So, yeah, I, I always, I always thought, I always, I liked squarebacks because, you know, back in those days, I was really into into bass and cars with bass, and I thought, oh man, you yeah. could put, you put a lot of subs in the back of that squareback, you know, like that was my driving yep. force for for wanting a squareback. And I don't know if I told the story on the podcast before, but the first car I wanted to buy, the first car that I went to buy was a squareback, and I went to a used car dealership with a buddy of mine. I didn't have a job. I didn't have anything, but I had $20. And I asked him what he wanted for the square back in the back. And he said, 100 bucks. And so I gave him a $20 deposit to hold it for me. Then I went home and tried to figure out a way. It wasn't working at the time. How to make the other 80 bucks to go get this car that I have no idea how I would tow it or get it back home or any of that kind of stuff. And 
long story short, I had to go get my $20 deposit back later. <laughs> but, you know, with Squarebacks, I still remember <clears throat> the first time that I sat inside a Squareback and smelled the horse hair. And, yeah. and like that whole smell was just like, it, somehow it's been seared into my mind whenever I get an old Volkswagen and I smell that smell, I think like, oh yeah, this just feels right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a distinct smell, that's for sure. Yeah, so um, talk to me about your hobby and when you started getting it and and what you've been doing. Because you've been pretty deep in the Type 3 swap. I mean, I see you all the time at the swap meets and and kind of, you know, doing a lot more than just building a car here and there. So, I mean, this has been like a long-term passion for you. Yeah, I would say I was in it deep uh, when it, when I first started, like probably like around early nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was always always having Type Threes, um, and then it, you know everybody always said like every six months I had a different car, so I'd have something and then I'd get it, I'd tinker on it, and then someone wanted it or we trade or I'd sell it, and then uh, you know I'd find something. Earlier, I actually even owned a '62 Squareback uh, for a while. I bought a '62 and a '64 off a lady in Chino for fourteen hundred bucks. Oh wow! So the '64 was an original anthracite gray paint. It had mostly original interior, but the '62 was what I really wanted. The '64 had no motor. It was more of a project. The '62 was a run and driving car. So I had that and rolled that for probably about two years. So wow! So the uh, anthracite '64 with original interior. Yep. That's uh, that's a pretty rare car. I mean, you don't even see a lot of those around. And then, <clears throat> you know, I've always wondered to pass with when, with cars that I've had, especially when we were early in the game. Like nobody was really seeking out early squarebacks and stuff like that back in the day. Like the funny part is now we look for those things and they're harder to find. And it seems on the bug side, nobody was looking for split windows. Now they're looking for split windows. It seems like everybody yeah. can get a split window nowadays. But the early type threes, I mean, they're they're few and far between. Right. What was your style like? Your in in the in the early nineties, ladies. What was your style like? What what's your what was your ideal setup back then when you were getting into it? Just like everybody else, uh, you know, slam with either Rivieras or eight spokes. I never really even got into the Porsche Alloys or the Fuchs until later in life, to like almost now. Yeah, you know, George, my brother, had was a squareback guy, and he, I think, it was ninety six. The 96 VW Classic and the Jamboree, he won, if I'm not mistaken, he won both of those in the Type 3 class. And he had a black, it was a black square back with a white roof on fully polished two liters. I have pictures of that car. And it had a full length roof rack. Yep. So, yeah, I remember that miserable roof rack. We bought it in Pomona and we rented a minivan to get to, Vegas, to, get to Pomona. And George made everybody in the back of the car sit with their heads hunched forward <laughs> so, <laughs> so he could bring that stupid rack back. Yep. But, you know, the style back then in, in, in like mid-90s started going to like a two-tone style. Everybody was trying to do like a vintage resto. Were you always yep. always into like cow look stuff or did you start kind of dabbling into like the accessory side of things? No, I never really got into the uh, like the, the resto custom or cow look with the um, with the accessories and stuff i was always custom i always like you know the cow look dechromed you know uh paint matched rims or chrome rims but you know uh two liters or eight spokes or rivieres or whatever um yeah i was always into the more custom stuff now did you now as far as being constantly seen at the swap meal stuff do you i mean do you deal a lot with type three parts and stuff like that like from having all these cars you have a lot of extras and leftovers or just like rare pieces you you hold on to 
uh, like rare pieces no i don't have a lot, a lot of rare stuff but i just i have accumulated a lot of stuff like i said like 30 i've had 30 cars so some of them were just just part out cars i'd get them they were like you know wrecked in the front and then you know i'd cut them up and just hold on to the parts for a while until i needed them or if somebody needed them like you know i'll get lots of messages lots of messages and hey i'm looking for this oh yeah i got that or you know i know somebody who does or whatever you know i always try and kind of help guys out that are that are local or whatever and then in respect to um your type your type three right your your one you're most known for recently which is your your orange um your orange 63 Mm -hmm. what's the what's the now that car is that car was featured in uh in hot vw's correct that was uh june 2016 was the issue that was in yes and what's what's the has that setup changed from that car since then or is it still the same the only setup? thing the only thing that i've changed on the car is um i changed the wheels so when it was in hobby w's it was four lug mm-hmm. and i did have some um crazy uh kind of rare f- uh, four lug wheels called icmp icmps um, yeah and then the i had those on clown my posse wheels wait a second <laughs> icmp wheels i'm trying why yeah. why can't i think of what icmps look like um well they're kind of like a a cross between a, a two liter mm-hmm. and a, a sprint star but all aluminum oh i so, gotcha i gotcha yeah yeah so you ended up changing the car over to five lug but the, as far as the setup on that car so that car is um it's de-chromed that car you, it, still, have, well, you still have the chrome well, it's, a six, it's a 63 so it didn't come with chrome Right, so it's like a so, standard. Yeah. yeah, so um it has the high side markers for the early 62, 63 cars. Mm-hmm. Um no chrome, but that's another reason why I kind of liked it. I like the early models, you know, with the bullet fenders, the de-chrome body from the factory. Um but this car I did do a little more um, you know, traditional, I guess you might say. I do have the chrome on the windows. Mm-hmm. I did keep the uh ring windows, you know. Uh, I didn't go one piece or whatever. Um you know, I did put the overrider bumper. So I did with this car. I kind of did do a blend. Um, I want to say with like the 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 cow look style because it's bright orange. But yeah. then I did I did kind of class it up a little bit and put like you know the the trim across the bottom. I got the jeweled rocker molding on the bottom. So a little rare accessory. Um, I do have a cat eye mirror on it. You know, um, put the parcel tray in it. I got an original empty wheel. So I I put a few things in there to give it a little bit of mix of both. Yeah, and this car is a sunroof car. It is a sunroof car, but it's not a factory '63 sunroof car. Because I was going to say, uh, I think those are some of the rarest of the rares, like an early sunroof yeah. squareback, right? Yeah, yeah. So the story with this car is it was um, from like Pasadena area, uh-huh. and the car was a '63, and but it was rear-ended really bad. So somebody clipped it right in the middle of the windshield in the middle door with a '68 sunroof rear section. Really, and that's the way I bought it. And then, so get the sunroof. Were you having issues when you're restoring that thing, trying to like is the late model sunroof the same as the early one, or they're the same? The sun the sunroofs are a little bit different. Um, I forget what year exactly they changed. I want to say it's like '66. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you have you know '66, '65 and down is one style, and '66 and up is a different style. So luckily, '66 um, and up uh, ISP was making uh, the the metal, the aluminum trim pieces to get rid of the plastic for the sunroof. Right, for the radius. So I ended up getting it. Yeah, again, I'm getting a set of those and getting the sunroof and, and making everything work. I do notice, like on the t- on the towel bars and the bumpers, you know, st- stuff like that. 
back in the day when the accessory craze was all the rage, those were some of the rarest things you could find for type three. And now yep. it seems that there's been a market where people started repopping those. The ones you have in your car, they're original or reproduction? These are actually the first run of reproduction. Really? Yeah. So I bought them from ISP probably, uh, I'm going to say 15 years ago. And I just had them sitting on a shelf. Nice. And then this car, you this car you finished back in 2016, so you've had that on the road, and then you're working on another project that you debuted at Project. T- tell us about the story of the uh, the Raspberry 68. Well, the the Raspberry 68, that kind of it, it was it was kind of funny. It kind of fell on my lap the way the way that car came to me. Um, I actually had before that I had a 66 chop top fastback that I was getting ready to do an 80s cow look, you know, 80s custom raspberry the whole works on that uh-huh. but when i started getting into it it was a complete like rust bucket so whoever had done it but did the body work it was just rotten from like the inside out so i i kind of like parked that project a little bit and then a buddy of mine who owns a bike shop uh down in the like riverside area he texts me and he says hey my my mechanic here uh he's got a square back uh for sale and he sent me, sends me pictures of it and it's already got the picture window cut in it and i was like okay well what does he want for it and then he told me a price, and I said, okay, I'll take it. Nice. And he goes, well, he wants to do this and do that. I go, I don't care. I'll take it. <laughs> so the, the, the price was the price was like that good and everything. And I said, just just tell me the address. Tell me the guy's number. I'll go get it this weekend, whatever. So I, I get it, and the car's blue. But like I said, the picture window's already already cut. It already has glass in it. Um, and it was a run-and-driving car. And, you know, the, it was really faded blue. So it had been done a long time. The story was that he got it from a friend of his who passed away and had been sitting in his yard for at least 20 years. So, um, so it was like a, an eighties custom eighties, nineties custom that mm-hmm. got parked and abandoned. Um, but then when I got it, I just said, you know what, this is the car that I want to do. I've always wanted an eighties custom. I loved, uh, the turquoise one that was on the cover of trends. Um, I think it was called call of the wild. It was John calls square back with the two liters. Yeah. Um, I actually almost sold my orange car to buy that car. Really? I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I didn't these nowadays, but that car was parked next to me in Fontana at one of the Fontana shows and the guy was trying to sell it for like sixteen grand. And I've always just wanted that car and I was like, Oh man, I ain't got that money, but maybe I sold my orange car to buy that. And my wife said, Absolutely not. Now when <laughs> now when you looked at that when you when you looked at that uh when you looked at Call's car, was it as clean as you th- that you were hoping it would be, or was it built to like an eighty standard? Um, no, that car was, that car was detailed. It was good. I mean, and it, and it held up good when I saw it, you know, years later, Mm -hmm. this was, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago when I saw it at Fontana. So the only thing there was a, there was like a chip in the fender, uh, like, like about a quarter size chip in the paint. Um, but the car was still, still good. It needed some, some cleaning and stuff, but the car still looked clean. I still liked the car. So, um, but like my car was still fairly, fairly new, pretty fresh. And, uh, yeah, I've been. My wife's told me many times that the orange car can't go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and the, and, the, and the wives look at us like we're ridiculous when we're like, you know what? I think I'm going to take this car that I just slaved over for the past couple of years. I'm going to swap it for that one that that dude. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of those things so, where where you see these cars that, uh, you know, that I've had it happen with, like the the red chop top that I picked up. It's like I would have never gone out looking for that car, but the opportunity right. popped up to where it was like, well, you know, I could buy that car and that's actually a really cool car. And the more I yep. look at it, the more I like it. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't something that like, it was just seared my mind, but once 
it came up in my sights to pick it up, I was like, you know what? Let me jump on this car just because, you know, if I, even if I don't like it, but my whole thing when I bought it, you know, cause I, I was kind of sensitive to that when I bought it, that I was buying it from a guy that this car meant a lot to. And I yeah. told him, I said, you know, one of the reasons why I want to buy the car is because the car had some underlying influences. And the more that I started reflecting on my early cars, I realized that this car really had an influence on me. So, you know, when I told this to the guy that was selling it, cause he, you know, for him, he was like, I don't know. I don't need to sell it. I don't need the money, you know, but it's, it's kind of a waste to see. You know, I think when you really care for a car and it's nothing's happening with it, you know, you kind of want it to go to a good home. So, uh, right. I think we, you know, we see these cars that are in the magazine. And then when I get the car, I buy the car. I mean, I agree to buy the car sight unseen. Then when I get there, <clears throat> leaving a little bit to be desired. You know what I mean? And I have to remind myself like, okay, this was built in 1985. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of little things like that, that you got to remind yourself of. But, um, you know, I think it's important that, you know, when we do pass the torch on to somebody else for our car, that they really care about that car as much as we do. You know what I mean? Because right. you put all that time and effort into it. So you end up keeping your your car <clears throat> and you find the blue one with the picture window already done. So now yeah. this, this guy agrees to sell it to you at a really good price. And you get this car. What's your game plan with this car? Like what what's your setup? So when you're envisioning eighties, like what what's the classic eighties square back look to you? Completely shaved, picture window. And then either it was it was either a scallops mm -hmm. or b ragtop. So I we both. were sitting here we were sitting <laughs> here con contemplating like okay am I going to do scallops or am I going to get the ragtop? And then like I was searching around and it, this is like right when COVID hit. Yeah. So you know it was like every, every everybody's quarantined you know you can't drive anywhere and I literally you know I drove down to um, like the Riverside area to pick this car up. I stopped at a gas station. And like, you know, it was like a ghost town. Everywhere we went, it was ghost town. And I couldn't use the bathroom or nothing. I'm like, what's going on, you know? Um, but we get the car home and I'm like, you know, going through my, my, my game plan. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, and then we picked the color. It was like, okay, yep, yeah, I'm doing Porsche Raspberry. That's it. Okay, am I going to do white scallops? Or, you know, then I started looking at the ragtop. I'm like, no, I want a ragtop. So then I bought the black ragtop um, and they were having a COVID special. So the ragtop with the headliner was 666 bucks shipped. Nice. So and that's um, a legacy ragtop that you have in that thing. Yeah. 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 I had those guys on the phone when I first started the podcast. Cause I have that gray square back, <clears throat> which I may not have after Saturday, but, uh, oh. <laughs> I've got, I've got a guy here locally that's super interested in it. And we, he, he threw up a trade cash deal and I, and with the, with that square back, like that square back is, all dialed and ready to go with the exception of the motor. It needs like a freshened up motor and I'm in the middle of some things and thinking, okay, I'll get that. And then my buddy just stops by and he's like, man, I really want a Volkswagen again. Would you sell me that square back? And I'm, yeah, and I, I was a little reluctant. And then I started thinking, ah, I got so many cars. What am I going to do? So, but uh, yeah, I was going to put that, that legacy rag top because to me, rag tops in the square back are like some of the best looking things you can put on there. You know, I think it's yep. just, it's such a cool look because it, it, it kind of makes it and which is really weird for me cause I'm from the desert, but it makes like the perfect surf wagon. You know what I mean? The exactly, rag top, yeah. the picture window, you know, and, and this raspberry one, I, I haven't, uh, <clears throat> I haven't seen it in person. 
I think, you know, every time I've been at a show, now the thing that's kind of a drag about the podcast, every time I'm at a show now, I'm like man in my booth and can't really walk around and stuff like that now because I started yeah. this podcast, but um, I didn't get out to Prada to check it out, but I really, really dig the look of it, man. I like the the baby turbos you got on there and the wink mirror. I got mirror. the wink mirror. Yeah, yeah. yeah like <laughs> it's it's. I got the formula for on steering wheel. Yeah, it's it's classic classic eighties. And you know, I've been telling people for years. I'm like, you watch the eighties are coming back. The eighties will be coming back. And and the reason I kept predicting the eighties are coming back is because guys our age are getting to the point where like we're gonna build the car that we wanted back in the eighties. Yeah. So, so so you know, some of us get uh, sneaky enough to buy them and save ourselves a bunch of time and headache. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. So you did the shaved door handles on your car. Now, where were you able to find the right pop solenoids for the door? Actually, I haven't finished that yet. Because the so <laughs> so I've been working on the chop top that I have. The pop solenoids that I found online on Amazon and stuff like that are like okay. 80, 80 pound solenoids, and they're like they're louder than loud. Yeah, they way overdo it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the solenoids that are originally in this car, I'm trying to locate the original solenoids in this. Because one of them, the one driver's door is burnt out, but uh, you know it's a, it's a bit of a it's a bit of an ordeal trying to find it. So hopefully somebody reach out to me for listen to the podcast and let me know where I can snatch up some some low poundage uh, solenoids because the one like I said the ones that I got are I don't know what you would need an eighty pound solenoid for, but it's it's loud. They yeah. were in, they were yeah. inexpensive, and I made my move and then. <laughs> And then but I when could, you find out, let me know so I can add them to my uh, my Raspberry yeah, car. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> the one piece windows did were, were those already with the car? You had to find those. Well, they they it did have one piece windows in there, uh-huh. but in in my stash of parts, I have like three sets for Type Three. Oh, really? Yeah. See, now I'm sitting here in my head. I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I gotta do something with my type. But then if my Type Three disappears, then I'll just and, have more. And money. I have two sets of picture window glass too. See, I like that. And I just recently was hearing about the guy that did the picture window. I'm, I'm trying to remember if that was on the 80s page or not, where they talked about the guy that did the first. There was a company. That was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we talked about that. There's there's somebody that did the original picture window. Was it Glass so, Shop? Or yeah. It, so, well, we want to get into that story because yeah. I just actually talked to that guy yesterday, too. Yes. Last now. So what did you do now when you had the picture window and you got the card? Did it come with the glass with it, too? Yeah, so when I got the when I got the blue car, which is now the Raspberry car, it came with glass already installed in the car. So I, um, Blodgett's in San Bernardino, when they closed, they went out of business. A buddy of mine calls me up and goes, hey, they got a bunch of glass over here. Come check it out. So, you know, we go over there and I kind of grab some type 3 stuff from them when, they, when they're closing. And then uh, I walk away and then my buddy calls me and goes, hey, I bought this glass. Come check it out at his house. He was on a shelf. It was on a shelf, whatever. Well, it was... Um, Eight, no, five, five sheets of glass, and it's all it's picture window glass. Really? So he had two sets and one extra one, um, and then uh, and he tells him, yeah. So the rubber that you need to do that is creming gear windshield rubber. So you cut the post, you do your thing, you get a creming gear windshield rubber, and then you you pop it in, and it works. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I'm you know I'm 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 thrashing to get this card done for Prado. And here I am, I'm ordering my gear, my Calo gear windshield rubber. I'm ready to put the glass in and I put the Calo rubber on the picture window glass and it don't fit. Too small. It's a good, it's a good foot and a half short. Really? So on the glass, it says, um, San Bernardino glass, SB glass. And I remembered my wife's cousin knew a guy who worked at San Bernardino glass. So that weekend or the weekend, like before Prado, um, I'm calling my cousin Ben up. I'm like, Hey, what's up with this guy at San Bernardino glass? You said you knew him. 
you know, can you put me in contact got this problem? And he goes, yeah, hold on. Here's a cell phone number. And I go, okay. You know, this is like on Sunday. I'm expecting to have him call on, at, at, during the business hours or something. But no, I guess they were really good friends. And he's like, here's a cell phone number. So I call the guy up and I explain my situation. And uh, he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, I'm the first guy to do that. And, uh, you know, me and R.K. Smith were talking about it. And R.K. is the one who coined it, picture window. And uh, he's like, yeah, I, I called a Volkswagen um, parts dealer. I think it was West Coast Metric or whatever. And um, I said, I need a piece of rubber that's this this circumference, you know. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, okay, hold on. He looks it up and he goes, oh, that's a Type 3 windshield. And he goes, what? And he goes, yeah, that's the exact same size as a Type 3 windshield. So it's Type 3 windshield rubber that fits the picture window glass perfect. Oh, really? Yeah. And then the, the then the actual mod itself is is the mod itself isn't too complicated. Is I mean to cut the cut the post out and then cut the piece of metal out, and just make a straight ridge straight across. Yeah, um, but if you actually look at a type at a square back, mm-hmm. it actually um, your your quarter window or the pop out, mm-hmm. you know where the pop out is. Yeah, and then the next the next piece of glass behind it, the, mm-hmm. the the rear quarter, it actually the body curves in. So when you put the picture window glass in, it actually goes and it bends right there. Oh, it's like so bent in the middle. To, yeah, you have to actually, um, this is what um, Mark English is the guy's name from San Bernardino Glass. What's his name? Uh, Mark English is the guy's name from San Bernardino Glass. And he was telling me he had to find, it took him a few tries to get the right thickness and temper so that way it would bend and not break. So the windows are actually, if you looked on the side, they're kind of concave a little bit? No, not concave, but they go down about two feet and they just they just, they just just curve a little bit and then really? bend in. Hmm. So like taper towards the back of the car? Exactly, yeah. Oh, that's wild, man. I never, I've never noticed that. So when you're doing your mod, you got to, you know, when you put in your, take them, you take the center post out and then you split that and then you just weld the pieces back in. So that way you have your, your you know, drip rail or whatever uh, for your rubber. Um, you can, you can see with the glass out, you can clearly see it, see it curve in. Oh, that's pretty rad. And then, so you end up talking to Mark English and he, get, and he, and he tells you the story that, RK, him and RK Smith came up with the idea of how to do it. Yep, exactly. Nah, that's pretty rad. And they're still in business today, huh? They're still in business today. He's, he's not working there as much. He's kind of retired. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have a friend who's also building a, a, a square back right now and, uh, it's kind of on the down low. So I'm not going to mention any names or anything, mm-hmm. but he needs glass. But I called him and said, Hey, um, I'm going to need another set of glass. You know, what can we do? And, uh, so he started telling me, Again, just let him know when, and then, uh, you know, give me a price and everything. Um, and then we got to talking, and he still has brochures at his shop uh, that he was giving out when he was doing one-piece windows, and it has the um, picture window. Um, I think the part number for the picture window glass was PW83. And it was a picture window from 1983. That's when they invented it. Oh, that's rad. So and that was had on... like, a, um, like a brochure with pictures and stuff of with their part numbers and everything. He said, next time I go by, he'll give it to me. That's too rat. Well, make sure you get an extra one because need one for the Let's Talk Dub Studio. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> no, that's it's one of my favorite mods on a square back. I think is that is that you know, and we always called it like a what do we call it? I think we used to call it like a bay window or something like that, or a you know a, a one piece one piece rear glass. I, we didn't call it a picture window. Then talking to RK because RK was the one that came up with that that name. Yeah. He kept talking about that during his podcast, and I was a picture window. We called it something else, but yeah, there was that one recently. Um, the one that came out in the early 2000s or like late 99, early 2000, um, the teal one that had the graphics on it, that had the picture window in the back and it had a bench seat in the front. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the call of the wild one. That's the John call car. 
Oh, that's the okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that car, because I remember that car came out. I think it was like it had to be early, like maybe two thousand, or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like kind of like a turquoise color with like three little graphics across the yep, bottom. Yep, and it has yeah. like a Toyota bench seat in the front. Yep. Which is one of the one of the wildest things, and uh, yeah, the guy that actually purchased my Type Thirty Four Gia, he owns that car. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you be owns it now. He owns it now. You'd be shocked. Yeah, and I can tell you off air, but that car sold <laughs> for a really a really 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 great price. You know, uh, on eBay. Yeah, I think I think that's where it sold. Yeah. Yeah, did, I know. I was watching it. Oh, did you see it go on eBay? Yeah. Well, then if it's public knowledge, what did it sell for? What did it sell for on eBay? Uh, I want to say it was like eleven five. Yeah, does that make you crazy? <laughs> yeah, it, it is what it is. But, but I mean, like, like you're like you're a chop top, right? Yeah. That guy lives 45 minutes away from me. I knew about that car about six or eight months before you bought it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. So I know, I know some people who live by him that run on the Volkswagen scene up there and they kind of told me about, Hey, you know this car? And I go, yeah, I know that car, but I'm not really a bug guy or anything. And I didn't have the money that he was asking for it to, to jump on anything like that. I mean, if it would have been like a type three from the eighties, I probably would have been all over it. Right. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and, and what's crazy is you know, when these cars pop up for sale, it's, it's almost like, are you in the, are you, A, you got to be in the right position or B, have a buddy, at least you, at least you can get you a friend deal to like, Hey man, go snatch up this car while it's available because you yeah. know, we want those things to stay in the circle of people that like them. There's nothing worse than seeing a car like that picked up. And then some guy right. turns around and tries to flip it for a bunch of money. You know what I mean? I exactly. Think, you know, with me now taking my chop car now and I, and I just did a motor swap and we put that all Berg motor in there that I picked up that I've got receipts from 1988, like putting that motor in there, that in and of itself takes that car to like a level of this is how, if you could have done one upgrade to this car in the eighties instead of the yeah. 1641, it's now an 1800 CC Berg motor with DCNF Berg specials. And I mean, everything Berg top, top to bottom. So it's uh it's one of those things where, you know, you can take a car and, and I think that's sometimes the challenge, right? When you, when you, when you take that car, when you take a car that's been featured and now it's your own, you, I think all of us, we want to put our own twist on it because a lot of us are known for having our own cars, right? You know, but you always have that car that kind of started the fire, but yeah, yeah. yeah that, I didn't make that connection. If that was that, I didn't, I, I didn't know the guy's name on, on that uh, call of the wild Paul, but you said his name is Paul call. John Call. John Call. John Call. Yeah, that was a guy who owned it and built it originally. Yeah, that's such a that is such a dope ride too. I I I would buy that square back. <laughs> yeah. Only thing I do is just change the seats. I put two buckets well, in the front. That's that's that car, you know, is was was a driving factor in my Raspberry car. Oh really? So if you, if you look at my Raspberry car, it's picture window, rag top, uh -huh. all shaved, you know, um, I, it's still four lug, and then with the with the dash too, that car had a custom dash in it. Um, and then like, so the dash in my raspberry car is a 59 Gia dash. Oh, nice. So, so me, me and my son did all the metal work and stuff and fab that in there. Yeah, I Cause saw, I kept, I kept I wanting to do something. Where did I see pictures of that on type three underground was the fab, somebody fabbing the Gia dash in the car. Uh, well, it's not, I'm not, it's not an original idea. I stole the idea from somebody. Well, all, I don't think there's an, there's an original idea at all. Cause somebody, <laughs> somebody designed the Gia dash to begin with. So somebody just seeing that. And put yep. that in another car because I, I talked to um, who was I talking to? I was ta I, I did the podcast with um, Gary Emery, and he had a car where where he took his bug and he put a three fifty six dash in his bug. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, so that's that, that that's kind of that's kind of nutty too. But I like the I, I like the Gia Dash. It's hard to see with the steering wheel. You know what I mean? Hard to see with the little tiny wheel. But especially I, with the Formula front steering wheel, yeah, my gauges are kind of I'm, I'm dipping underneath looking at them. Yeah, I, but I like the I like the look of the of the modification of that dash. I mean, that's a it's a it's probably good. I just of work. I don't like the padded dashes on Type Threes. I just I just think they're kind of ugly. So, so and it, it's hard to find a dash and everything. So I kind of wanted to do something custom. And then, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? Am I just going to shave it? You know, my, my buddy's got a black notch and he has like the stock dash, but he just kind of shaved it smooth um, and then put, you know, custom gauges and stuff in there. And then, um, you know, I'm just going to call him out and go, you know, our buddy uh, Critter, Justin, yeah, yeah. you know, he's building a car right now and it's got a Gia dash in it. And he sent me some pictures and I said, damn, now that is trick. Okay. So then as soon as I saw that, I went on the hunt and like about a week later, I bought a whole Gia front clip. <laughs> you got to work like yeah, I well, got to work. Well, I know you did it first, but if I get it finished first <laughs> and he's, he's already commented, he goes, now nah, I'm going to be copying you. And I said, no, I'm going to give you credit, man. It's your, it's your, your idea. I stole it from you. Yeah. Critter's working on some stuff. He's got some stuff up his sleeve, man. So I'm excited yep. to see that stuff hit the streets. Cause, uh, he, he's got some pretty cool ideas with some of the stuff he's working on. So, uh, you know, speaking of, speaking of Critter, we were talking earlier about, uh, um, the car show scene, and some of the stuff that's changed. And when, uh, you know, he he started Type 3 Army with, you know, kind of the sticker and, and the shirt and that kind of stuff. And then there was that that whole thing, the de-evolution of the classic, right? And so during the classic, like, what was the Type 3 thing that you guys used to really enjoy during the classic? Well, I like, yeah, the, the Type 3, um, I don't know, the Type 3 guys were always a, a different breed of uh, folks, right? Um, but agree. at the classic, the, the, the great thing about classic was you they'd, they'd all be lined up together. So you can walk down and you can look at all the differences between the, the different models and stuff. Yeah. They had the bugs separated too, but you know, the, there's so many, so many bugs. It, it, it kind of, you got, you know, blended in there, but if you had a whole row of type threes, you could walk down and you can see all the differences. And, um, you know, a bunch of us, um, in the past few years, you know, we, we would talk and we'd get together show and we'd walk, you know, you know, rows and rows afar, apart from each other and then hang out by their car um we kind of like all said one time hey you know what we should park together like you know how can we do that and then so i kind of started posting some stuff online on instagram whatever hey let's do a type three row um you know buggerama's coming to fontana let's meet a carl's jr down the street uh you know a half hour before the show and then we all roll in together so we did that a few times and then um a prado was coming up and a buddy of mine eric um, goodman runs the thing club down there and then uh, he has the big thing section. I said, hey, how did, how did you do that? Can you put me in touch with the guys? And I want to do a type three section. Um, so we kind of did the, the, the okay for that. And they said, yeah, as long as you're here to park everybody and you manage it, do it. And then I kind of linked up with Justin. And, you know, I really like the type three army vibe and what they're doing, how it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's a name and it's, I call it a fraternity. Right. Like, you know, if you got, if you got a type three, you like type three or you had a type three, you're in the fraternity, you know, you can be in part of the army. So, um, we kind of did that and adapted it. And now it's kind of like the type three takeover, uh, presented by type three army at El Prado. So we've done it, you know, a few years now. Now, and now the latest word is that there's going to be no more El Prado, not mm. El Prado park. Right. They kind of got, they kind of got the boot. I heard there's a 45 minute video on YouTube. I haven't. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've started watching it a couple of times, but yeah, I haven't seen the whole video. <laughs> That's a tough movie to sit through, <laughs> but you know, uh, and I didn't go this year and 
I only didn't go because I had to pick my weekend. And right. that's the part that's got me a little bit twisted about the Southern California scene of like all those guys having their little issues with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my thing is I wanted to be able to, um, I want to be able to go to enjoy a weekend. So it'd be cool if it was like, you know, the DKP show Prado's always going on, right? It's like in the background. So when, when you have a show, when you have an event that's that long with the black star camp out, which evolves into Prado on Sunday, it turns into, it turns, you know, it's one of those things where there's enough stuff that can go on with now Octo. I think they're doing Octos on Saturday now. So they're doing, you know, you could do the DKP thing, the Octo on Saturday and then that. But the the, the the issue, at least for me, not being from Southern California, coming down from Vegas, it's a lot of unnecessary driving. And once I get by the beach, I don't want to go back inland until I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And yep. <laughs> I'll be honest, my personal thing was like, if I wanted to sit at a hot park with dead grass, I'd just stay in, I'd stay in Vegas. Yeah, this year it was it was pretty dusty, so that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, and that's and that's the drag. Like you know, they weren't they, they don't water the park over there. Or they let it sit for winter, so it'll be interesting to see wherever they're going to have it next. I guess they've figured out a place with an undisclosed location, but apparently, the, you know, like all things like this, there's a couple extra rowdy people there this year that were just uh, not abiding by the rules. Yeah, yeah. Which is I, I guess mean, that, that always happens, and I, I I heard something about you know they may be moving it, um, you know, like a couple years ago. So they may have already had something in their back pocket. Yeah. A new location. Yeah. So there's another, there's going to be another type three event coming up here. Uh, recently. Yeah. Type three rallies coming up in now, October. Now who puts on the type three rally? Um, I'm not sure who actually uh, does. I know it's sponsored by ISP this year. I know they got a lot of uh, skin in the game for that. Um, but I don't remember the guy's name who actually uh, like puts it all together. Mm-hmm. Cause usually it's up like in Cayucos. Yeah. Um, you know, they do it, you know, every so many years. And I had I haven't made it to that yet, um, but I'm planning on making it this year. I would it's almost like in my backyard, so I gotta go. Yeah, I would love to make <laughs> I would love to make it there this year. Unfortunately, after this weekend, the only Type Three I'll have is my Type Thirty Four Gia, and it needs a full restoration. And I don't think that's going to happen in a month. Yeah, no. I mean, it could, but it's gonna it'll cost me an arm and a leg, <laughs> and I'd ruin a month of uh, of happiness at home. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I, I've got my, my next Type 34 that I'm going to be doing, and i got some wheels that are a little bit unique. And then I just I, – and I think for inspiration, you know, you jump around. Uh, that's what I do. I jump around a bunch of different pages. Where do you pull some of the inspiration from that you do cars, that, that you put into cars, like when you're starting to come up with a build? Um, it, it, that's hard to say. I mean, I, I'm stuck in the 80s. So I'm always looking at old magazines and stuff, and I love the Facebook 80s page. Um, but I don't actually I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook. Um, you know, I do a lot more like on Instagram because because I want to just look at pictures. Yeah, Instagram, so I just, I Instagram look at hashtags like Facebook, and I just no look drama. At and yeah, exactly. You know, and then I start seeing what people are doing, like you know, um, you know, around the world too. So um, it, it, you know, it's kind of cool what other people are doing, you know, like those. Um, I think it's like CD CD Custom or something. Right. I think they're like in japan or somewhere those mm-hmm. guys build some crazy low driving type threes i just really like love their work you know their their fabrication and stuff so um you know just just that kind of stuff i mean i'm I, i'm stuck in the 80s um but my orange car is not totally 80s it's just kind of 80s color with you know some cow look flavor and stuff um but the raspberry car total 80s build i did it purposely to uh you know a throwback uh, or a retro um i don't know what you call it the 
you know, to commemorate an eighties car. Sure. Sure. Like um, a, like a, a, a pre, uh, tribute, a, like a tribute, tribute car, car. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then my son's got a, a lime green fastback, a 69 fastback. Yeah. I saw that on, kinda, the, on the old four lug cosmics. Uh, actually, no, his are five lug. Five lug cosmics. He's got five lug cosmic. Yeah. I was looking, I saw the green, I saw the green car and I thought, Oh, let's I, yeah. I noticed the cosmics cause, uh, that's what I noticed, but I've got a set of the four. I've got a set of original four lugs on my Mexican beetle. Which, oh yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I just love the, I just love the look. You know, I hated cosmics when I first saw them. I thought, man, those freaking <laughs> wheels are ugly. And it's like, I've always the, been a fan of cosmics. The more, you know, and the, uh, to be honest, the reason why, the reason why I picked them for my Gia was specifically because they were rare. And then I'm looking at Randy Gates car and I'm thinking, you know, his split one, I'm thinking, how can I be more rare than that car? Like he's got gas burners and he's got, you know, a split window. And then I thought, well, yeah, type 34 is more rare than a split window. And then what about, you know, doing cosmics? Those were even more rare, you know? So that was, uh, trying to, I think that's kind of the game, right? Try to do something different, but one up somebody at the same time. Cause you know, that's, you know, the BRMs came out and I kept thinking like, oh man, I'm going to be the first bus on BRMs when I, when, when I saw the BRMs come out because I, you weren't seeing them on buses. People weren't doing buses like that back then. But, you know, I think uh, I, I know that I, I jump around to a lot of different pages. I go, to, you know, for me, I personally, I go to, I go to a lot of different, you know, Porsche pages and stuff like that. And I, and I draw inspiration from some of those things because it's kind of going out in left field. And so I could, I take it and try to switch it over to, uh, you know, a VW kind of look, you know, right. So that's, that's, that's where, you know, try to get some of that stuff, uh, for some of the inspiration for the different builds, trying to do stuff the same, but different, you know? Yep. No, I gotcha. So what's on yeah, the, with the, with the raspberry car, like, like the Rivieras that I have on there. So the, they're the early Rivieras with no squares. They're just a smooth spoke. Right. And then I started doing some research and I found out that they actually made a four and a half Riviera. So then I go on the hunt and I found a set of four and a halfs. What but the four and a half never came with a smooth spoke. What it, it came with the same lip, but it had a square on the spoke. So I had the spokes sanded down, like machined down, right. so where they were smooth, so that way I can run four and a half and five and a half and have staggered Rivieras just to be a little bit different. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and what did it take to find those Rivieras? What did it take to find the four and a halfs? <laughs> um, I put a post on Instagram, and about two hours later, a guy messaged me and said he had a set. Oh, get out of here. See that's yeah, the best, and he, and he the lived best. up in he lived up in the Bay Area. Was coming to visit his in laws in Fontana, and I met him at Carl's Jr. and I got him for like 150 bucks. That's the best. That's the best. I mean, how, I I don't even I, how did you even find out they make four and a half Rivieras? I, honestly, I don't remember how I found out. Um, I was just looking at something, and I think I came across like one wheel, and I flipped it over, and it was like said four and a half. And then I started looking at the spoke, really, and it was almost like a, um, uh, like like the Fuchs, how the um, the early four and a half they right. stick out, like they call them the crabs or whatever. Yeah. And the spoke kind of sticks out a little bit. And I was looking at another one. I go, oh, okay, I could see the difference, you know. And then, uh, but it, but it still had the squares on the spoke, so I needed to match the other one. So and I, I like it when it's just smooth without the squares. Yeah. So you know, I took it to a, I, I sanded them down the best I could, and then I took it to the polisher, and then he finished it off and did all the work for me. Yeah, no, that's you know, things like that. Like the, I think back in the in the eighties and nineties, like Rivieras were just like an off the shelf, 
you know, something, and it might have been, they might have been American Eagle Rivieras. Now, I don't know if they make an yeah. early Riviera, like, made by somebody else. Because back then, when you were broke, you were just, like, trading stuff and get, like, oh, yeah, Rivieras are better than stock wheels. You know what I mean? It was, like, exactly. I think back in the 90s, like, the ultimate wheel to get was, like, the two-liter alloy for four-luggers. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember when George bought his set at Pomona, I think he paid like 700 bucks fully polished from the guy down there which was at the time like 700 bucks is like fat jack yeah. back in you know 1994 when he's buying those wheels you know so like those rims that i talked about first having on the orange car the icmps mm-hmm. i saw a set of those at pomona years ago i want to say 15 plus years ago and the guy i don't remember how much he wanted for him but i didn't have the money to buy them but i, I saw the wheels and i was like those are the coolest four lug wheels i've ever seen I see years, him. years go by, and then I think I sent you a picture of them. Like I messaged you a picture of them. But I found a set on eBay of all places from a guy up in Northern California. So I ended up buying them off of eBay, and he shipped them to me, and I had them just sitting there forever. And then, um, like time goes by, and then I end up coming across another set, and then I end up coming across two more wheels. So at one point, I had um, so eight. Uh, 10 wheels oh yeah no 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 i like them i like them bro what did you do so, with them i end up selling them i yeah, have one I, wheel left i have a wall hanger in my garage those don't th- those can't be very popular wheel because i've hardly seen them and, and like you said it's like a hybrid look now i looked at the picture where you, had, you sent me a picture bragging about you it was a humble brag with all 10 pieces <laughs> and uh i'm looking at it and i'm thinking it looks just like that it looks like a two liter like a two liter sprint star hybrid yeah yeah, and yeah, no, that's a that that's a rad wheel. So ICMP, so who made is ICMP the company that made them? It, ICMP, and it just said uh, I think it said made in Japan on the back of it. Yeah, that's a that's a real that's a rare wheel. Yeah, they're they're pretty rare. Rare. I mean, I would go scour, uh, you know, the internet, the Samba, whatever, and I was always posting stuff. Um, and there was a guy in Florida that has a gray square back with skirts. He has a set of wheels, those on his car. Uh, there was rumored to, well, not rumored, but there was a fastback in Arizona that had a set. Hold on, bro. Um, I, I, I had located, say, I think, 13 sets. Did you say skirts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about skirts on a square back, man. <laughs> that, <laughs> the rear arch is already so low that it always doesn't yeah. matter how level the car is, it makes the back end look like it's sagging. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that, uh, so I think somebody could really hit the mark if they took a square back rear quarter or a type three rear quarter panel and flared it i think that would be somebody needs to do that i'm just the idea guy but i think that would be uh, well try and try and have skirts and then have a like a five and a half or a six in the back ain't gonna work yeah no i'm well on my square back on my square back that may be disappearing it's got uh eight and a half on the back eight and a half twists which is uh it 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 nicely well, then you just put some gray wheels on there uh, yeah the, the, it not, well, so though yeah yeah so those that was a test fit the the pens <laughs> the pentastars that was a test fit um I, it's funny i i ran across it, it's one of those things where you're looking for a different wheel you're looking yep. for something different within a certain lug pattern because you can go grab something off of any car and unless you've really got an eye for it um and and i should just release this on on the uh on the internet uh, I'm going to now. Like I'm let everybody know my top secret wheel. I've been trying to connect with that. This is a, this is a wide open first one to do. It's the game changer, and I don't care who you are. My brother wants to argue with me, but if you get a, I think it's a '99 Nissan Sentra wheel. It's a 16 or seven. I think it's a 16 inch wheel, and if you look at that wheel, it looks just like a gas burner, but it's 16 inches. 
And okay. if you take that, we, like you could take that. Well, there's very few wheels that you could do that. You could pull that off a of Sentra, slap it on your Type 3. Somebody, somebody out there listening right now needs to go find this wheel, and I'll post a picture of it. I've been trying to keep it low-key because I was sitting at a stoplight one day looking at that wheel. I'm like, it looks just like a gas burner. Now, everybody can get into semantics like, well, it's not like this and like that. I'm going to tell you right now, if you paint that wheel correctly, everybody will double-take that wheel and be like, bro, where did you get 16-inch gas burners? And uh, that's a pretty gangster wheel. <clears throat> for a factory wheel but yeah in the wheel game it's tough to find especially if you're committed to staying four lug yep it's hard to find that those icmps are pretty dope wheels um they're pretty hard to find yeah yeah i, I don't know why you're sold i don't I just kept a set just <laughs> uh, yeah I don't, well i mean i was i was trying to raise money for for another build yeah so i had a notch back and uh i was trying to raise money for that so i mean i got pretty good money I know, I know a set stayed here in Southern California. Another set went out, went out of the country. So, and they um, just the the ones you had, they were all one one width, one offset. Yeah, they're all four and a half. Yeah, that's one thing. They're all fifteen by four and a half. Four and a half, a little bit skinny. But no, I uh, I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot of a lot of opportunity that you can have with with a four lug wheel if you try to find the right four. I mean, I've got some. I got some. I have some classic. 80s four lugs that were on a puma that i bought a few years back they're the center lines and they have i think 10 holes around the perimeter and the center where the lugs go in is kind of kicked out like the old school kmc wheels okay it has a four bolt bolt on i've got a set of those 15 it's nothing about cleaning them up put them up for sale but they're a four four on 130 vw and uh that's the vw lug right four on 130 i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah. and uh and they are for sure like an eighty. It is an eighties centerline wheel for the Volkswagen. It's not an exposed lug; like the lugs are kind of countersunk down in it. Okay, uh, yeah. But I'll post a picture up in the details so everybody <laughs> can check them out. See what we're talking about. But how wide are they? Uh, I think they're sixes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're actually like they're they're a pretty dope look. I'll, I'll text you a picture of what they look like. Um, but uh, they have like a they have like a rivet look like a, what you used to call them modulars on cars. There was just like ten holes around there, and then a, and then like a rivet head, and then oh, this, okay, yeah. this has like a center dish that comes up where the lugs are kind of hidden in that, and then it and it just I think it's I think it's embossed centerline on it. it says centerline on it somewhere, so they're like a machine finish, but you could polish them. But there's a you know speaking of show cars for sale, there's a, what was it Pooker's Dream. Yeah, Pookie's Dream. Pookie's Dream. Yeah, that's the one. That one. Yeah. I don't know if she did. She sell it yet? Uh, as far as I know, she has not sold it. Yeah, I'm telling you, if I didn't have all these dumb projects that I have right now. Well, like like I said, you know, we were we were kind of messing back and forth on that car. That I, you know, Tony was a good friend of mine at the time. I was in Fast Four V Dubs when I first got into VWs. Yeah. And um, you know, I rode in that car when it was a driver to my yeah. first Jamboree. So, and he had four twelves in the back. So you, you talk about boom boxes oh, yeah. and square backs, you know? Yeah. So, and he used to do like the sound offs and stuff. And, you know, I learned a lot from Tony. Tony really, you know, pushed me over into the type three world and made me look at some stuff differently. And then, um, I know he ended up, uh, selling the car, you know, building it, going full show, building the car and then, uh, doing the whole, whole show scene, uh, circuit and stuff and then sold it, but he would still go to Jamboree's and do judging. So I'd still run into him and talk to him and stuff. You know, he ended up getting married and moving away. And, um, but, uh, you know, we ended up, I ended up finding his wife on Facebook and we chatted and I finished the orange car. And then he came out to a show when I first finished the orange car and he was checking it out and he, you know, telling me, giving me pointers. Hey, I would change this bolt. Hey, I would do this. You know, even when I just finished the car and I was like, I took his advice and did it. So, you know, 
Um, but when the, the car came up for sale, I was like messaging him, Hey, I found this car, you know, check it out. And then he's like, yeah, not interested. He, he just, he doesn't want it back. It's too far gone. He just didn't want the, want the headache. Yeah. So. It's, it's crazy when you see a car that was like a show car and then the, <clears throat> you know, it's like, it's like seeing some, uh, some really cute actress that's done drugs and <laughs> you see her 10 years later and she's beat up from the feet up. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cause I'm looking at that car and I'm thinking, you know, that car, you could, you could get that car back on the road with not, not killing yourself. I mean, it, it's some work. That's, there's no question about that. Yeah. And then the problem in today's world, what's wrong with that car in today's world? Go ahead. Say it. Go ahead. Why does nobody want that car in today's world? That's a late model. <laughs> Correct. And, I, and that's one of the, you know, I love that car in spite of it being a late model. I liked the look. I liked yeah. everything about it. And I still think, you know, late models don't get the love they deserve. <laughs> no, that, that car was always a, uh, you know, it, yeah, it was late model. He had the fat bumpers on it and stuff. Um, but when he went, redid it, did full show or anything, you know, it was shaved turn signals. That's a, that's a key thing for a late model. You shape, you shape turn signals. Right. It just changes the front end uh, on a late model type three. Yeah. Um, but the guy who painted that car and, and did everything with Tony is the same guy who painted my orange car. Really? So yeah, Michael Bates, he used to live here in Southern California, um, like over in the Pedley, um, Ramona Riverside area. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, we kind of linked up and, you know, he said he was painting again. And, um, I said, well, I'm building the car, dude. I go, you know, what's it going to cost? And we got to talking and, you know, he did the orange car for me. And then, um, my, my orange car was the last car he finished here and he ended up moving to Tennessee. So he's out there, but he's still, he's still painting in Tennessee. And he just did a fin- he finished a Kia not so long ago. That looks really clean. like a turquoise and white Kia. So he's still building cool stuff out there. So you, we talked for a minute about your son's your son's uh, fastback. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the bill? Is is he still working on? And how old's your boy? So my boy turns twenty this month. Nice. Um, and he he had that, and he was um, driving it. You know, we probably put three motors in it, trying to just get something that that works without actually going through full rebuilds. Um, but it's it's a driver right now. Um, you know, he puts around to some of the shows with me here locally. But his focus right now is he just bought a '69 Baja. Oh, did so, um, <laughs> he went to welding school. He went to CNC machine school. Nice. Um, so now he's got the body off the pan and he's ready to do a full A-arm tube chassis with a, with a V8. He's already got the V8 block sitting in the garage. So, um, so the fastback is just probably going to maintain right now. Yeah. I don't know about, about building anything, but I think his focus is going to be that Baja. Yeah. He's playing for keeps now if he's, uh. If he's going AR yeah. with a V8, man, that's uh, there's no joke. <laughs> yeah, he's already he bought you know he bought a welder and tubing bender and he's bought all kinds of stuff. So yeah, no, that's so uh, that, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay that into my next project and have him help me build some suspension stuff for my next car. You going to try to AR a Type Three? Uh, we're gonna do some air ride and do some do some different stuff. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's always been the challenge, you know. I like I've got a car that one day might be finished. My split window that's got the AR suspension on it and. I have yet to kind of dig into it uh, yeah. as far as like I'm waiting to get the car back from paint. And uh, other than that, I just need to, the, the reason I had the A-arm on it is I actually wanted to track the car, you know, oh, but okay. um, I think the A-arm, if they could design an A-arm system, there was one Gia back in the day on the cover of Volksworld that they had taken, uh, it was a late model Gia. I mean, they went kind of berserker with this car. They did a, I think it had a 996, motor in it and then it had uh the strut mcpherson strut air in front uh, the mcpherson strut front suspension in the gear 
Oh, okay. So it was pretty, it was pretty slick how they did it, but, um, <clears throat> that's been kind of the thing holding back Volkswagens from a technology standpoint, I believe. Is, I, I agree. You know, the, the beam, the beam front end, and then you're limited to like, and the funny part is everybody wants to customize their car, but nobody wants to cut it. You know, yeah. nobody wants to cut it and make it. Uh, I'm not scared to cut a car. <laughs> you know what i mean well yeah we, it, uh, 62 square back you cut up mm-hmm. no I, I found not, a, not an early car now found the line <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh it, it's one of those you know you don't you don't if they made something that bolts in and i i see those a-arm baja kits and i think like man why doesn't everybody have an a-armed uh square back i mean or a&r vw you know yeah especially the off-road cars because you get that that travel and that suspension but well have you ever seen that orange and white bus that that was in the fire like the rear end of it's like all burnt from the guy's house catching on fire yes you know he has a mustang two front end on that car now i've i've seen a couple a couple images of that on um online so we i i went to a little cars and coffee thing in chino and he rolls in and parks next to me and we end up chatting like the whole day. And then I come to find out he um, was in possession of Rinker Dinker Stinker for a while that he was good friends with. Um, I can't remember the guy's name who built that car, but he also built the, the single cab mixed up mm-hmm. that was on hydraulics and stuff. Yeah. So the same, same guy and he's good friends with, with that guy. So they were over at that guy's shop one day and then they end up going, Hey, let's, let's do a armor, you know, Mustang two front end on your bus. And they just, went after it and just did it really yeah yeah there's a guy out of texas that's done it too i don't know um because then in the bus then now the issue you have is if you start tubbing it and taking it up higher then you're going to have an issue with uh you end up with an issue with the um the wheel well's got to come up then it makes mm-hmm. you sit higher and so it, like it's a compounding yeah. issue it just keeps going but um i've seen some of those some of those a-arms and matter of fact i got a buddy we just talked to that he just ordered uh, one of those A-arm kits out of Brazil for his bus. So we'll see. I told him as soon as it's done, I'm going to go ride. Yeah, that go, goes, huh? I'm going to go drive it and see how it goes. <laughs> see how it goes. <clears throat> because in, in places like Brazil and things like that, they're they're doing stuff that's just kind of out in left field or, or where it needs to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. They're pushing it, yeah. Right, right, exactly. So, so what's uh, so what's next on the list for you? If you're looking, are you out looking for anything? You looking for another build? Or are you just trying to keep up with what you got? Um, well, the the the, the Raspberry car is not quite finished yet. Right. Um, I still want to get the steering wheel rewrapped, um, and then do a, do a couple more tweaks on that car. Then that car, I, I'll say, is done. Um, but yeah, I kind of already have something already lined up. A buddy of mine. Uh, let me know of a car that he has that he's looking to get rid of that he's had for quite a while and has no interest in anymore. So, and it will be some sort of notchback. So, uh, but it's a, it's an abandoned custom that he's had for like 10 years, like I said, and it was never finished. Yeah. I just, I just saw one pop up on uh, the Samba page or something. Some dude just snatched up a black square back or a black notchback for like 10 grand. Yeah, nine, yeah, I saw that. Nine thousand bucks. I thought that's a good, that's a pretty good deal. They're going for a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like Type Threes. Yeah, it was a complete car with five spokes and and everything. Right? It was a clean. I mean, a decent car. Yeah, it's like why not? You know what I mean? Like there's, they're they're out there and and they're not they're not getting they're not more plentiful. It's uh, gone are the days of driving by somebody's front yard and buying a notchback for three hundred bucks. Oh yeah, I know. You know, I mean, they're they're unless you're finding some in the middle of nowhere where, where they don't have eBay, you know, everybody goes on eBay and says, Oh yeah, I looked on there. They're, these are worth $50,000. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or thank you, Barrett Jackson, for all Volkswagens going up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it's the demographic. It's all the guys our age out there buying up all their, their high school dreams, you know? Yep. So... So what? Uh, so that we've got the Type Three gathering coming up, and that's uh, that's is that uh, in October, right? First weekend in October. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the date off the top of my head, but yeah, it's in October, and it's it's a rally, so it's going to be a, a drive. You know, they're going to meet somewhere, then they're going to go for a drive, and, and uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is going to be a different route. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get that figured out and figure out when that when that's happening, so we can uh, we can. <clears throat> let everybody know when that's going to be going down but yeah the type three postponed to 2021 uh Cayucos, california october 1st so yeah that's yeah the Cayucos, uh, i think that was the one that was postponed and then uh, i know if you go to isps isps got it all over their website hmm interesting yeah so um yeah let's uh for sure, I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing you down there. I'd like to make it to that Type Three, that Type Three rally, just because. I mean, listen, something could happen. I could still end up owning my Type Three, <laughs> if not. Um, if I found a nice a turnkey, I would show up in a ratty Type Thirty Four, which is not my style. Um, yeah. But uh, still, just to, you, know, you always want to be there. And then we come, we got coming up. I think in in two weeks we've got the uh, the 60th anniversary of the Type Thirty Four. So have you ever had a type 34? I have not. And there's a lady that an elderly lady that lives uh, literally two miles from my house mm-hmm. that has two of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Are they she's got a, she's, no, they're not for sale there. One is, um, it's kind of like a, like a green color. Right. Um, kind of like a mint green almost. Um, and it's, it's a driver, you know, complete decent car um, that she's driven, you know, here and there, but then she has a parts car in her backyard that was kind of hit in the front a little bit. So, um, a friend of mine knows her very well, and uh, he's he's told me that when the time is right, the parts car will will be in my possession. Yeah, so at just, least I know I'll get one something eventually. <laughs> I just ran across I just ran across a Type Thirty Four that uh, has um, it's just the body. Uh, I got a phone call, and it was one of those things where they sent me a bunch of pictures of some other Volkswagens, and then. Actually, they sent it to George, and then you could just see right out of the corner a Type 34. And then I'm like, what? What is this? And it's a Type 34. It looks like the body is pretty stinking straight. And uh, and then um, they cut the roof off. <laughs> I'm oh, looking at the car. I'm looking at it. And there's they have another another vehicle's roof laying over top of the car. So I'm thinking, oh, look at how nice they are. They're shading the car. And uh, they ended up... Um, cutting the roof the roof is still there it needs to be welded back on i have no clue why you would cut the roof off of that car <laughs> and to make matters worse this car is completely stripped not a little bit stripped it's basically all the body panels no pan just in there no oh, okay. gauges no wiring nothing 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 on this car so uh I, i'm gonna touch with the owner see what she wants for it and uh, should be interesting to see what she wants for it because you know earlier this week i was going to call a guy out on the type 34 forums because the guy posted a type 34 and he's like yeah i don't know what i'm thinking about getting for this and of course he took all the glamour shots of this thing and then i saw a buddy of mine chimed in on it so i hit him up i was like hey what's up with that type 34 did you talk to that guy what's he want for it and he's like well he says he wants six thousand dollars for it but the whole bottom eight inches of the car is rotten oh god and i was pretty upset i said 
Send me those pictures so I can post them on a thread and be like, hey, nobody buy this car for this kind of money because this guy's just trying to trying to rip people yeah. off. It just it just upset me. It's like, don't try to get greedy. You know, and I, and I put mine up for sale for for ten grand. I had mine for sale recently for like ten five or best. And it's a complete type thirty four. Needs full restoration, complete, and it's not rotten. There, the pan halves need to be replaced, but it's not. The rockers aren't rotten. It's originally a Southern California car, so it's pretty interesting what people are asking for stuff. And I just don't like that when they, people try to get crazy because the market's, yeah, the market's up. And and to sell it to, for somebody to buy that car for six grand, you're buying only the pieces because the amount of bottom half rust on that car is just like. Save your spend two thousand more and find one that's not rust on the bottom because you got four or five thousand dollars in in rust repair. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That was like a chop top fastback I had. I, I got that. It looked good from the outside, and I started doing some body work on it. And you know, I found out that there was like a half inch of bondo around the whole car. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I started looking at some where there was rust, and I'm like, if there's rust here, then there's going to be rust everywhere. Yeah. It, it, so we, yeah. It was like the it was like the limo bug that I bought. I bought the limo bug, and then I started peeking underneath it, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah, this, you know, the problem." Like, I looked at it, and for what I paid for it, you couldn't do the stretch, right? And then I said, "You know, this would be cool, man. This could be the official Let's Talk Dubs vehicle. Like, just slam <laughs> it, put a big motor in it, and take it to the shows and stuff." And then it just had it just had rust in just areas it, it had rust in it to the point where it would require busting out a welder and changing like some a pillars and stuff and then i thought i don't want to do that to this car i didn't buy this yeah. car to do that i bought it to have fun to do something it's a perfect prop car which is one of the other reasons i thought oh you know what i'll take this car and we'll put a you know i'll rent it out to weddings or whatever for yard art or whatever it's perfect yeah. for that right and then uh, matter of fact, the people that bought it own a wedding place, so they're gonna they're wrapping the yeah, car, that. and that's what it's gonna be. It's gonna be for, you know, perfect. F- yeah, exactly what it's for. It's not, yeah, you know, because it'd be. I never really wanted a limo, and then I saw a limo, and I was like, it would be dope to see a limo slammed, and then, you know, and then getting that one. Well, there used to be a like a purplish blue one on on Fuchs. Yeah, with the rag top in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was I remember gangster. that one. And I, I don't even know what I don't even know what happened to it. You know. I've I've never seen that one, and that's not a car that disappears. You know what I mean? Right. That yeah. car is, that car has got to be somewhere for sure. But no, hey Paul, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, and uh, and chopping it up with us on on Type Three stuff. Yeah, um, no worries, man. We'll maybe do a follow up one because I want to I want to do a Type Three specific uh, podcast where we just kind of go through and talk about you know Type Threes year by year accessories, things like that, and some of the things that make them a little more. Uh, a, a little more unique than the uh, than the type one, but that that'll be for a future podcast. Cool. And now, if people want to get at you, your Instagram handle is type three, type three nut sixty four. Correct. Yeah. So at type three nut sixty four, you guys can hit up Paul on that. And then, uh, what what's the next show you're hitting? Uh, I think just getting ready for the rally. Uh, hopefully, get my orange car dialed in for that. Um, that's the only thing on the horizon that I know of that's well, coming up. Well, there's my show that's happening September 24th down that's in Las right. Vegas. That's right. Give me the flyer on Sh- Sunday for that. Strip yeah, cruise yeah. and the poker run. So if you're going to make it out to an event, I'm telling so maybe you. Maybe I need to bring the Raspberry car up to that. I would bring the, for sure bring the Raspberry car up to that, man, because that's going to be dope. That 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 is a good time. The ra- If the Raspberry well, car is a good runner. I think the Raspberry car would look good next to the, chop um, the, uh, the notch that you just picked up for – and that's and so that's part of yeah. a dilemma that I have. 
the notch i'd love to bring the notch out my concern is it's not my car it's it's my yeah. boy tory's car and right I, if he yeah, were me here, I talked a few times online about that car too. Yeah, yeah if I'm gonna he, see that thing in person. That, I'm, I'm telling you right now, man. That car is that car is so rad, dude. That car has got so much. When you look at that car, it's amazing the work that was done to that car. When you take into consideration, it was 1986, 87 when they, that car was built. Right. And then when you add on top of that, that, the guy that did all the work on that car was like in his early 20s. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So. Yeah, it's it's got the it's got the wraparound dash with the center console with the integrated armrest in the door, all fiberglass. I think someone just told me that there was one of those fiberglass dashes for sale in the Samba. Yeah, there might be. And yeah. then uh, they were they were trying to get it. It would be it would be interesting to see what they would uh, what those would sell for. So yeah, well, cool, man. Well, well, Paul, I appreciate you for sure coming on, man. Hey, man, I appreciate the love and uh, yeah, I mean. You know, the type threes are, are are better than bugs. I'm, I'm, that's all I gotta say. That's it. And everybody, everybody <laughs> needs to also go follow Type Three Army if you guys yep. are into the Type Three, and also hit up our boy Justin at Critter. And uh, yeah, for sure, he's coming out with some cool stuff. So yeah, a lot of stuff happening in the Type Three game, and there's stuff happening here in Vegas. Stuff happening all over the place. But uh, Type Three, yeah, there's there's some cars being built right now down here too that are they're going to be pretty sick. Yeah, no, it's 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 an exciting time for the Type 3s finally getting their recognition. So their time exactly. in the sun. So, well, right yep. on, Paul. I appreciate you, man. All right. Thank you, man. All right. Hang on a second. Here real quick. If you like that podcast, make sure you share it with all your VW friends. Our goal is to get this podcast up in the top 10 of automotive podcasts in the United States. Matter of fact, throughout the world, because I know we got worldwide listeners. So you guys make sure if you like this podcast, copy, paste it, and text it to all of your buddies right now you got to help your boy out man let's push bill t to number one let's make me do this for a full-time job no i love it guys i love that you guys share the podcast that you guys are into it i look forward to meeting listeners this weekend up at kelly park so if you're in the kelly park weekend up at red barn or mark merrill's place or uh you know happen to see us set up at kelly park uh just stop by and say hi if you want to purchase some merch support the podcast come by tell us our best episode or tell us who we should get on the podcast. But we're working at it. I had a great meeting earlier this week down at the Bergs with a bunch of them. And we're going to be getting uh, D Berg on first. And then we're going to get uh, we're going to get Doug and Clyde on the podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm pretty excited. I had a real good conversation with all those guys this weekend. So uh, I look forward to um, seeing you guys this weekend. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Instagram, and make sure you go to subscribe to our YouTube channel. I'll probably have some video footage from this weekend when we go uh, up to Kelly Park. So I look forward to seeing you guys, man. And until next week, later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have a